We're still here in Indianapolis here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter, host of the North Shore Drive podcast. We're here for the Combine, and we've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of players now. The cornerbacks had a really impress- impressive day just talking with us. Joining me will be Ray Fittipato. Both of us have been on hand. We've talked to guys like Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., a lot of different cornerback prospects. But how do they measure up, and how does how will, they, how will this class play out from cornerback to linebacker to safety? We'll talk about all that right here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And we're joined again by Ray Fittipato, our man, Steelers beat writer. We've both been on the ground here in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Remember, you could download this show on any podcasting app, especially on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And you can also watch this show on YouTube. If you are watching this show on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. Ray, we it was kind of crazy seeing the cornerback class kind of roll itself out um, because Christian Gonzalez I felt like was going to be the biggest show as far as you know who was at the podium he's kind of everyone's 1A everyone's going to be watching to see what he does on Friday when he goes to his field competition but it felt to me like the biggest show as far as someone being at the podium with Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State and uh, I was impressed by the way he carried himself I you know not that it should be shocking but I've never you know had a chance to interview the young man and I was impressed by the way he carried himself. He was joking. He was telling good stories, but he was also giving, you know, concise answers. And, you know, it, I, the more I, I kind of look at this cornerback class and hear people talk about it, it's making me think that none of the big three, Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, or or Joey Porter Jr., are going to be there at 17. I think these guys have the chance to put themselves in the top 15 range. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And uh, I've seen grow, Joey Porter grow up. You know, I remember him. Right. When he was 15, 16 years old, he was hanging out down at the Steelers facility every day when his dad was a <laughs> was a was an assistant coach on the staff. And you know, he told the story today. I know I know you were there. Um, he used to do one on ones with Antonio Brown. That's crazy. And uh, he admitted, it, you know, AB probably wasn't going a hundred percent, but um, that's the type of thing that is beneficial when you're a coach's son or you have access to. Um, NFL teams the way he did. So I think he's way ahead of the game. Uh, from the last time I saw him, I think he probably grew a couple inches, <laughs> put on about 20 pounds of good weight. He looks every bit the part of a uh, CB1, if not the CB1, CB1A, 1B in this class. As you mentioned, it's a really good outside corner um, class, especially at the top. And that's what's going to be really interesting. We, we, we see how good it is at the top, and – you know that we we talk about offensive line. We know that there's going to be a run at cornerbacks, quarterbacks, excuse me. Um, but there's only so there's there's 16 picks ahead of the Steelers right now. We talked, you and I talked on Wednesday about how we don't expect them to trade up at all in the in the first round. But this is a this is a, a group where I think those guys are gone. But 
I don't think that should alarm Steelers fans because Steelers feel like if they miss out on these three, you know, that will then, you know, what are we doing? But I think if the Steelers, there are a lot of day two guys. Like there were a lot, of, there were a lot of guys who I think you know were you know got to talk to the press a little bit today. You know, Kyle Blue Kelly. I thought Emmanuel Forbes was really impressive. Uh, Clark Phillips. All of those guys. Um, I think there's been a lot of impressing going around, going around, not just with talking to the media, but what, well, you know, what they've said, you know, some of the interactions that they've had with coaches and meetings and such. And it seems like just going across the board, Ray, the Steelers had formal meetings and informal meetings with a lot of cornerbacks in this class. They did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should expect that. I, I think, you know, they're, I think they're going to draft a corner no matter what, but. What are they going to do if they can't re-sign Cam Sutton? So yeah, I know they want to. I know they they definitely want to. But if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, you got to be prepared. Maybe you got to draft two cornerbacks. And there are we just talked about the out, <coughs> excuse me outside corners. You got safety slot hybrids that are really really good. How about a guy like Brian Branch um, yeah. from, from Alabama? I mean that that guy can play safety. But he was basically a nickelback um, for the Crimson Tide, and uh, he, he's a guy who people think can step in and and play right away. So it's just you know it's about finding fits for these guys. You know when, when guys aren't outside corners, you just wonder how they fit in sub packages or, or base defenses and and stuff like that. But Brian Branch, <laughs> uh, J- Jair Brown from Penn State, um, Antonio Johnson, who I had going to the Steelers. At 32 in my last mock draft, he's another guy, 6'3", like 200, plays near the line of scrimmage. I mean, there are all kinds of defensive backs of all shapes and sizes who are going to help out NFL teams in the very, very near future. I want to get your thoughts on this because we talked a bit about Andy Weidel assembling the board. With the Steelers, you know, they led the NFL interceptions this past year. And it's clear, I think, Terrell Austin wants a defense where his guys in the secondary can be playmakers because he was a secondary coach. And I think that that's something he wants to style. Would the Steelers, the Steelers traditionally, in my understanding of their building philosophies of what they want in cornerbacks, are guys that are, you know, were, were zone cornerbacks who were tenacious at tackling the at tackling the person in front of them, keeping the person in front of them, being physical, good tacklers. And if they had ball skills, great, but that wasn't a priority. Do you think there's a paradigm shift in that with Andy Weidel and, you know, what he might be, you know, what he might be looking at, like tackling is still important. Yes. Right. But will, will, would they kind of be like, well, if you have these kind of ball skills, we'll overlook some of these other things and still value you higher on the, on the board. Yeah. I mean, that would be more of a, a change of, of mindset with the coaching staff. Okay. Um, I think we talked about this earlier on one of the podcasts, but you know, Andy Weidel's job and Omar Khan's job, it's, it's finding the right players who fit Mike Tallman's system. Right by extension, Terrell Austin's system. So, um, I you know I, I think you've seen more man. Um, you know I don't think that the tackling is is ever going to go away. The Steelers love defensive backs who can tackle. That's why an undrafted free agent like Mike Hilton was a mainstay here for so many years. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a very very important part of their defense. So, um, I would probably agree with you. Like a a big physical guy like a Joey Porter is probably more in their wheelhouse. Than a guy like Christian Gonzalez, but um, again, uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. You get the best football players, okay? Mm-hmm. That's where Andy Weidel's grades come in. You get the best football players, and then you make them fit within your system. So, you know, Kevin Colbert always talks about, well, 
we we got red paint. We're going to paint the barn red. That's what you got to <laughs> do. The best players available, take them. Find a way to fit them into your defense. Absolutely. I want to talk to you more about those tweeners you were you were talking about. We'll do that just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. So stay tuned. But first, got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Valley Pool and Spa. Valley Pool and Spa is, of course, the number one place for you to go to if you need a, a sauna, a hot tub, or a spa installed right in your home. Best place to go shop for that is Valley Pool and Spa. Or going to their website valleypoolspa.com. And if you go there, they have saunas, they have hot tubs, they have they, they have the Finlayo saunas that you can go in. All these are, th- are things that are going to help you. They'll find a way to make, put it in the best place in your home and find a way so that you can have a place where you're at home you don't got to go anywhere special just go relax de-stress come out refreshed and renewed and ready to tackle your day so the best place to go and fi- find that and add that to your home is valley pool and spa and go to their website valleypoolspa.com and you'll be able to say, see now all the discounts and savings that you can get on hot tubs saunas and swim spas right there at valleypoolspa.com again that's valleypoolspa.com Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Ray, let's talk about some more about those tweeners. You brought up Johnson. You brought up Branch. There's guys in this draft class who are safeties who, who you're right. They can bump down. They can help in the slot. They can help in the box a little bit. But they also, I think there's really talented guys who can move around and help there, but also be good deep safeties to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Brian Branch even said, you know, he would love to pair up with Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, he's he, he's they're both Alabama guys. He knows how Minka works, his reputation, and that would be a dream for him to, for those to be able to work together. Is that, though... You know, you put you put that in your mock draft. Do you see Brian Branch being one of those guys if like say the top corners are gone and the top offensive linemen are gone, the offensive tackles? Is Brian Branch the kind of player the Steelers could take at 17 and it be the the right fit? I, I could see that happening. Uh he is such a good football player um that they would have to figure out, okay, we know he's gonna step in and be a quality guy right away. But what's the value, right? And we kind of talked about this before. Slot corners only play in sub packages, right? So mm-hmm. what would his role be in the base defense? Yes, he could be a safety. Um, but could he do both as a rookie? So, you know, those are things that you kind of have to, to figure out. Do you start him out at safety, teach him that position within your, your system, and then have him do the slot as well? So I, I think they could work that all out. Um, but you know, it, it's all, it's, it's a lot simpler to draft a Joey Porter Jr., stick him on the outside and say, lock down that guy. That's all you got to worry about. It's much different when you got to play inside, you got to play deep safety, a lot uh, strong job. safety, play in the box, do different things. That's where it gets complicated. So, you know, a- Antonio Brown at 32 makes sense. I think Brian Branch is a better player than Antonio Johnson. I could see that happening at 17. It's just about where the Steelers would value um, a pick like that. Um, So I I could definitely see that happening. He's a really, really good football player. I'm right with you. I think that could def- that could definitely happen uh, with Ryan Branch. And, uh, again, I think he'd be very much a steal because also Brian Branch loves to hit. Like, he loves to tackle. That's a big part of his game. And that would fit the, the Steelers' MO. And I think also having guys who can communicate and be those guys in between – 
that is so important for your defense. One one philosophy that I've always thought was really important was having your defense be strong up the middle. You know, you think about the 2000s defense that the Steelers built. Casey Hampton was your nose tackle. You had James Ferrier at the off-ball linebacker right behind him. And then you had Troy Polamalu as your safety. And Polamalu's range, and not that Brian Banch is going to be Polamalu, but his range to be able to go from the box to here to there to the slot to deep coverage. That was such a utility that opened things up. Minka Fitzpatrick is already an amazing safety who gives you a lot of utility as a deep ball guy and can help with that. But if And Terrell Edmonds, I think he's a very good glue guy that he's a puzzle piece you could fit into a lot of different places. We've seen him guard the slot. We've seen him guard tight ends. We've seen him help against the run. And he's not a huge playmaker when it comes to turnovers, but he's I think he's really solid for what the Steelers want to do. And he doesn't cost you a whole lot because he doesn't get the, the, the turnover numbers. But right. that's where I think it's going to be interesting. What would the Steelers weigh in? that situation because free agency is coming soon like you know we're here at the combine in what let two weeks now free agency will be open and we'll start to hear some of the answers do the Steelers you know sign Edmonds back do they sign KZ back because he's also an unrestricted free agent uh in this up in this upcoming uh off season and if they do both those things would a Brian Branch even make sense there because those are two guys that you value as starters you essentially have four kind of starting caliber safeties uh, when you also need to, again, address several other positions. Yeah, so obviously I've always kind of viewed it as you bring KZ or Edmonds back. I don't know that you could bring both back. If you do bring both back, then obviously the need for a guy like Branch or any other hybrid um, probably isn't needed. So it would depend on how free agency unfolds, um, you know, in that scenario. And uh, just one more point about these hybrid guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote about this in a story that's that's uh, online today at postgazette.com. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, um, when he came out, number 11 overall pick, very much in the same mold, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people are saying these guys are, are, are very similar. He goes to Miami. Uh, they don't know how to use him. They have him in the slot. They have him cl- close to the line of scrimmage. He hates it, and he gets traded. Boom. Comes to the Steelers, he's a deep safety. He's a playmaker. He's a three-time All-Pro. So what I'm saying is all these guys are talented. They all have traits to be successful in the NFL. But are you going to the right system, right? Uh, Is the fit right for that team? Is the fit right for that player? So that's the part of the draft that uh, really isn't talked about now in this stage of the process. But I think Fitzpatrick is a perfect example of that. He had everything it took to be a great player in Miami. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know how to use him. The Steelers did. And, you know, that's we know how that story ends. So that's something to consider here with, with these safeties and, um, you know, slot corner types who, who are versatile. Versatility can be a blessing. Mm-hmm. It can also be a curse. It can be because again, yeah, like you miss you miss on the fit, and that can be tough. But I also think that's why they want to keep Cam Sutton, right? Because he can play yeah. outside and inside. Plus, he fit in with the Steelers because, like, sometimes it's it's also not just on the field; it's off the field. You want guys who are going to be, you know, you know, Mike Tom always says, volunteers, not hostages. You right. want guys that buy into your system, that buy into you know your people. And Cam Sutton's the guy, you've seen it, I've seen it, he's become a vocal leader in the locker room. He's kind of taken on being the face of the cornerback room for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Joe Hayden was that for for many years for them. So I think that finding a young cornerback who you know wants to one can learn behind Cam Sutton and eventually can maybe become that 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 that, that leader that voice in, in the room. I think that could be huge for the Steelers. But also you know if you can find that guy and Omar Khan makes this point, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, you, <coughs> say, you know if you see great talent, you take great talent. You know but you know and take you know find a way to manage it after the fact, but. I agree with you. If if they're in those positions, like do you know, do the research, do all the interviews. That's what the Steelers are doing right now and in interviewing all these players. They want to learn about their personalities. They want to see, you know, what's behind them so that they can they can say, okay, well, you know what? I think if we draft X player, they're gonna react this way if we tell them this. They're they're gonna be open to to these adjustments to their career or to the you know to to the system that they were asking them to play. Those are all very important things, like you said. And I think that if the Steelers are pressing forward and looking at at, at getting uh, multiple guys in the secondary in this draft class, it's a great place to do it because not just outside cornerback, but that, that slot position and safeties, there's yeah. a lot of really good athletes who we're about to see run on Friday. Absolutely. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, I think 10 corners in his top 100. 10 corners with top That's three great. round grades. So there you go. There, there, there you go, and that's that's gonna be something to watch. But Ray, you wrote about the linebackers. I want to talk to you about about that linebacker class. We'll do that in a minute here on the on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, before we go anywhere else, we gotta to talk to you guys about Yinz's in the Berg. Yinz's in the Berg is one of our great sponsors here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's North Shore Drive podcast, and and Yinz's in the Berg is the number one place to go for all your Pittsburgh sports merchandise that you, that you want to buy for yourself, for your friends, for your loved ones, for gifts, whatever you want to do. They have Steelers gear. They have Pirates gear. They have Penguins gear. They have Pitt gear. All things Pittsburgh sports, you can get right there at Yinzers in the Berg. So go to their website, yinzerspgh.com, but you can visit that and it's updated weekly with new merchandise. You can also go to either of their stores in the Strip District where you can find find the merch. Check it out for yourself. See what see what works for you. So do either one of those. Check out Yinzers in the Berg. It's got an awesome selection of Pittsburgh sports gear that you can enjoy for yourself and if you can't get to the strip district again check out their website yinzerspgh.com that's yinzerspgh.com for all your pittsburgh sports apparel back here on the north shore drive podcast i'm chris carter he's ray fittipato we're of the pittsburgh post gazette go to post-gazette.com for all of our coverage ray the linebacker position is going to be one interested to see how it plays out. Full disclosure, we're recording this in the early evening of Thursday. So I think the linebackers will be done by the end of the evening. So you'll we'll see those numbers there. But you wrote about this linebacker class and linebackers certainly in need for the Steelers. They they need they need they need to find a guy there. Devin Bush didn't work out. But is the right type of linebacker available for the Steelers in this draft class? And is that type of linebacker are there multiple guys like that because i think miles jack solid run stuffer you know good you know veteran who can hold down the spot but i think they need a real athlete who can help at that position both against the run in the past and those are just very hard to find they are and it's a tough projection for nfl teams i think 
if you're looking for the top prospect in this class, it's probably Drew Sanders from Arkansas, 6'5", mm -hmm. 233. He's going to test really well out here. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's good. He's very good. But, you know, Omar Khan talked about this. He's a projection. Um, right. And a lot of players like him uh, are projections. Uh, he, he played two years uh, of outside linebacker at the University of Alabama. Transferred to Arkansas, where he was promised, and he did very well at inside linebacker. So again, we're we're we just got done talking about versatility with D backs. Now we're talking about versatility with inside linebackers. I mean, Chris, you could talk about versatility on the defensive line. It just seems like that's that's kind of like the buzzword in uh, NFL draft talk now. So it's no different with, with linebackers. Got to be able to stop the run. Got to be able to cover tight ends, running backs, even receivers sometimes. It's just a really, really difficult job. Steelers thought they might have their guy in Devin Bush. We, we kind of know that didn't work out. Um, so now we're back to the drawing board, and uh, we'll see if they can get it done this year. I, you know, I don't know that, um, you know, if, there's, if you're looking at one of the four picks in the top 81, there might be four or five inside linebackers worth taking. So mm. it's not deep like the corners are deep. It's not deep like edge rushers. Uh, it's probably not even deep like defensive tackles. So that's kind of the, the challenge here. Those guys are going to come off the board at some point. If there's a run on them, you might want to get in on it. If not, hey, maybe you got to work it, make it work with Miles Jack and, and Spillane and uh, whoever else, Mark Robinson, whoever else can piece it together. I agree, and that that it, that's a position where I think it's going to be interesting to see. Will, will they submit to that? You know, will they will they allow that? Will they be like, you know what? Let's just go get a veteran and just call it a day there because you know we talked like you had Lucas Van Ness going to them in the first round as a as a defensive lineman who could help there. You know, cornerbacks real need offensive lines real need something is going to have to give. I feel like in this draft class, there's going to be a position where people are going to look at it like, man, they didn't go after this group. That could come back to bite them, you know, th this year with how good that class was. I mean, tight end, you know, that's another group that we've talked about. Yeah. That's a that's a really good class. There's some people saying that the tight end group is the best group of all the, you know, the classes in this year's NFL draft. So I think it's it's a it's a but again, good things to have is when you have a lot of people to choose from. The bad thing is if you if you miss on them uh, for the wrong guys. And that's where I think that it could be very interesting if there's not a lot of linebacker prospects, are the Steelers at risk? of overvaluing those four guys that we're looking at here and saying, right. well, they were, we look at them and we think, oh, well, they're really good. It's just because they're really good of a class that's not that deep. Yeah. And I, I think for the Steelers, maybe this year you're not feeling pressed the way they were when they chose Devin Bush. Right. I think when they chose Bush, they had some guys on the roster who were okay, but now it's like, okay, Miles Jack can do the job. It's just that, Maybe we want to find the guy for after Miles Jack. So I don't think there was hard pressed to find a guy to man that spot this year. I think, you know, just as easily, you know, I, I rank my top five needs entering the combine, uh, you know, before we came out here. I think mm -hmm. I had inside linebacker number five, you know, after mm -hmm. O line, after D line, after probably even after edge rusher. So, I mean, it's just, it's a position of need, but, um, you know, they, they could probably hold it down with Jack and Robinson and Spillane. I'm not saying they would be a great inside linebacker unit, but 
if they can't find their guy in this draft, I think they could still make it work. We'll see if they if they make it work with with this draft class. Um, if if they if they go after anyone in this draft class, and if they don't, how do they make it work? Because I can also see if if uh, if they don't if, if they uh, they could potentially maybe add someone in in free agency that's yep. not that expensive and say you know what? Because one thing that Kevin Colbert did, and I, I think Omar Khan, this part of his uh, his the way he changed won't change from uh from uh, uh, Colbert to Khan, but I, I think that one philosophy that we'll maintain is that the Steelers will want to go into the NFL draft feeling like they have each position properly addressed, at least to exist in the next year. Like I can see the Steelers signing back Robert Spillane and then maybe going and adding a non-expensive off-ball linebacker and then giving themselves a position like, look, we'd like to get a better linebacker in the NFL draft who's going to turn into the franchise linebacker who, you know, redefines the position for them. But if they are prepared that way, then maybe they like like you brought up Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson, I think there's a lot of fans that liked him, but you and I know like there was a reason why he wasn't playing for quite some time. He needed time to yeah. adjust, and maybe he'll make that adjustment this year. But I think the Steelers they'd rather they'd rather have more chips on that table to say like you know what we have this many options. If Miles Jack doesn't work out, we you know work out this year. We have this guy that we've signed, and if that doesn't work out, we know that Robert Splane and Mark and Mark Johnson could come off the bench, yeah. but. I still think even if they did get a guy like that, it wouldn't preclude them from getting like a Diane Henley, a Jack Campbell, yeah. if those top linebackers are off yeah. the board. Hey, listen, it's been a revolving door here since Shazier was in, injured. I mean, guys in every year, you know, we, we can go down the list. Showbird. I mean, they, they've tried so many different guys. Listen, if they think they have a guy, if they think Drew Sanders is so special, um, they'll probably go get him. But like I said, um, there's a lot of projection there, and uh, you know you, you have to call on your coaches uh, to make that work. So uh, very, very interesting class, uh, a small class of linebackers, but uh, definitely a position of need for the Steelers, and uh, I think it's something we'll be talking about here in the coming two months here before the draft. We certainly will. There's a lot to do with the Combine. We're going to be leaving soon from the Combine, but the Combine goes throughout the weekend. We'll be back Monday right here in the North Shore Drive podcast with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, giving you all of our thoughts. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, Ray, I'll bounce this off, off, your, off your head real quick. Uh, you know, I'm, co- I'm here covering the Pitt guys, and I'm talking to the guys and stuff, and Kalijah Kansi said, uh, he said on, on Wednesday that he was going to surprise us with his 40-yard dash down. Not only did he surprise us and post the fastest, he ran a 4.67 officially in the 40-yard dash. That is According to Pro Football Reference, the fastest time by a defensive lineman in the history of the combine dating back to 2000 when they started tracking this stuff. And the person he knocked off by a thousandth, no, a hundredth of a second was Aaron Donald. Yeah. And does the, does that move, does, does that performance from Kalijah Kansi raise your eyebrows a bit to think that maybe he should be on the Steelers' radar with that 17th overall pick? I don't know that he'll be on the Sears radar at 17, but I think he might get into the first round now. I think before here, you know, I think there was a lot of buzz around him, but people were saying, oh, let's see what he does out here. You know, for the Steelers, um, you know, it's interesting. He, he wouldn't fit them. Um, but again, DeMarvin Leal didn't necessarily fit. And he, they drafted him. I mean, he's. He's not an outside linebacker. He's, he's not a prototypical five technique. Uh, but they used him, and they love his versatility. Omar Khan talked about that the other day. So can, can you can you also do that with a, 
an interior guy. Maybe he's maybe he can play one. Maybe he can play three. Maybe he could even play some five technique. Um, it would be a little bit different for the Steelers to, to take a guy like Hansi, but uh, again, if he's the highest rated player on your board, make it work. Find a spot for him and uh, you know watch him go. You, you saw him uh, at Pitt this year. He's a great player. He's just a yeah. little bit just a little bit undersized for the NFL. Wasn't an issue for him in college. We'll see if it's an issue for him in the pros. I think it'd be interesting. It, what was very interesting was the combine measurements. They gave him a boot. They gave made him six foot one. They measured him at, at six foot one. He was six foot. He was known to be six foot at Pitt. That was the measurements they gave him. Uh, and not that six one again changes like oh he's six one now he's now he's first overall pick. It doesn't do that. But I wonder if it does kind of you know poke you put you know poke a little bit more to get him into that first round because there's some people like Mel Kuyper who put, put him 10th overall to the Eagles. I'm very high on Kalaja Kansi. I've covered him for his entire career at Pitt. And I think that he is a phenomenal player who, who if with a right defensive system will be a problem for offensive lines uh, because I think that he's a, but I think that like, like with the Steelers, I think you're right. The Steelers want bigger guys who can eat up blockers also win in the pass rush. I think Kalaja Kansi, if they got him, they'd find a way to make it work. But I also agree that I think that the, the situation that he might be looking for is more like with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, where they have a Jordan Davis, they have a Fletcher Cox, they have big defensive linemen who they're going to be your 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 big mauling guys that they can take things up. While Kalaja Kansi is the lightning bolt that cuts through the deep the, the offensive line and makes the big plays. Will, where will he go? We'll find out. He didn't do the full the full drills because of his shoulder injury that he's been nursing and getting back. But that forty yard dash time still amazing. We'll keep track of all the things here right on the North Shore Drive podcast where we're talking about the combine. Stay tuned. We're going to be back on Monday breaking things down. There's a lot still going on at post-gazette.com. Ray, thanks so much for joining me here on the North Shore Drive podcast. He's Ray Fittipato. I'm Chris Carter in Indianapolis. We'll be, we'll be doing this show again Monday. Uh, I'll, be on, I'll be on the road. I'll probably be in Greensboro by then. So it's going to be interesting for our, for our plans. But Ray, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for listening to us and watching us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks again for checking out the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Check out the Post-Gazette at post-gazette.com for all of our coverage from the Combine. We'll see you again Monday right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.